Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Internet DNA with me, Abby. And me, Dan. This week we're going to discuss 3D printing. Good. <laughs> I was waiting for something a bit more than that. You're obviously quite underwhelmed. Uh, Maybe yeah. I should say, do we need a 3D printer in the home? That's more of my angle. Is it? You shouldn't be underwhelmed. It's the future, as with everything else that we talk about. Okay, well, you explain to me why you believe that it's the future that we have one in our house. I believe that every home will have a 3D printer and that it will be really useful. Yes, but what would be the environmental impact and also the cost impact of us printing it directly rather than having a larger factory developing them for us at a lower cost? At the moment, 3D printing is really for manufacturing, isn't it? Yeah, um, and niche things like people that make models, people that do a bit of home engineering or DIY might have one for creating very particular little bits of bracket. I can understand that kind of use, very niche and hobby. But I can't imagine in my life, in the last two weeks, I've not gone, oh, if only I could print a cup. I mean, I don't even know what I would print. You could print a cup. You could print a bookend. You could print the knob that's broken. You could print a holder for your eggs. You could print a snack bowl because you hadn't got anything to put your crisps in. You could print a nutcracker because you'd realised you didn't have a nutcracker or even a garlic presser. All these oh. things, you're like, I haven't got one of those. A bottle opener because someone stuffed it down the back of the sofa. Have print. you got a spatula? I've got two spatulas. I've even got a cutting spatula. Maybe you need three. Maybe I do need three. But the things that I would like to print are things like a TV remote, because they're the things I actually lose. I, you that print. I actually want are much more complex than a spatula, an egg cup. I mean, an egg cup would be great. I can imagine I might print an egg cup, but for the cost of the printer, I could just walk to Sainsbury's and get some egg cups. This is my problem with them. How my, much do you think a home printer costs? 250 quid for a decent one. Yeah, anything from 100 to 800 pounds. I don't know how many egg cups you get through, but soon it would cover its costs. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. Like, uh, that's a lot of egg cups. I mean, I've only got three kids. But, you know, bowls for Chris, you never have to wash up ever again. See, when you're printing single material things, that's when I really can't. Now, if you're going to say to me, ah, oh, but in 100 years, you would literally be able to design and spec your own computer or your own mobile phone and print it in 25 minutes. Then, like, do you know what? That could be quite interesting. But, wow, do I have to have some materials just lying around my house because we need at least the elements. I don't know where I'm going to get my boron from. I don't know where I'm going to... Do you see what I'm saying? I like the idea of 3D printing. And I can see it has some really useful applications for some very specific types of people. But everyone having one in their house because they run out of egg cups occasionally just seems a little bit out there to me. You could print a selfie stick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and when it's someone's birthday and you've forgotten to get them a present, you could quickly print them a present. Yeah, another egg cup. Hey, <laughs> happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you could be known as the egg cup man and every time you go oh i've got a new material this week i'm gonna print it in sparkly plastic 
So I've got a friend who has got one of these things because he's a modeler. And what he does is he will take 3D scans of usually accessories and just print loads of them. So he's not having to go and buy for 10 quid man with knapsack with gun and hat. He can just print. What? He's a modeler. He makes models. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was thinking of modeling a house, not man with knapsack. No, because he's hat. one of these kind of guys that makes the houses out of bits of wood and polystyrene. Why doesn't he make it out of the 3D printer? I think because the substrate's quite expensive. It is. It's about 50 pounds a litre. Maybe printing houses is cheaper just to make it out of the materials that he's used to making it out of. But what is expensive in modeling is all the little accessories and all the bits and the little men. And he can make the men posed in different shapes. Or he wants to make a headlight of a truck that was only in service in between 1942 and 1943 on the Western Front, which is not available on that model. I really understand that from his point of view, but that's quite a niche place to be. And I'm sure that there are people who do home engineering that also do that sort of thing. And I know that there are a lot of nerds who just like printing stuff. And I can understand you as an artist would be I really... I in- you know how potters and artists make quite strange, not particularly good clay objects and pots? Cups you can't drink out of. <laughs> Things that are too fat. I thought that I could become one of those artists, but because I'm a digital artist, I could be a 3D printing potter, which I thought was quite a good idea. Now, Just... I see the point of that. I can see there's an application for you. For me... I'm going to persuade you. I just want to get back to the egg cups. Maybe my thing when I'm a top artist, 3D printing yeah. potter, is I will do egg cups. And you could do this really cool thing, and it's called tenscrity or tensional integrity. And because it's so strong, you can use the tension of tiny strands of this stuff to hold up different parts of an egg cup or a table so it looks like it's floating wow yeah and the other good thing about 3d printing which is why you're like it is it has some really good words right as long as it's got good words so that was a good word and the other thing you obviously need an stl file which is the 3d file that the printer prints from that we will come on to because obviously you've got to be able to make but that stands for stereolithography. But some nerds don't like that, so they've decided it actually stands for a standard triangle language or standard tessellation language. Tessellation, I like yeah. tessellation. Do you know what tessellation means? I do, because I'm into graphics cards, and graphics cards are all about tessellation, polygons, and shading. Tell me what tessellation means, then. Tessellation, as far as I understand it, is how many blocks or polygons you're using in order to describe a shape am i correct yeah it's fitting shapes snugly together i thought that was a brilliant word tessellation and i quite liked it with the tenscrity so there's a good reason to like 3d printing obviously i just find in the future you will be able to print clothes you will be able to print food i think the really good uses really will you be able to print food this is the question that I keep asking myself, which is the problem with printers <laughs> is that you need the raw, the, material. the raw material. So when people go, oh, you'll be able to print a mobile phone. I'm thinking, no, I don't think I will. I don't think I want a barrel of mercury just hanging out in my house. I don't think I will want all these rare earth metals just sitting in my house, bearing in mind they're rare earth metals, so they're bloody rare to start with. Is it really good that they're just sitting in a vat in everybody's house? 
Yeah. No, you can't print a mobile phone. You can print a mobile phone case. Just like yeah. you can't print a PS4 controller. But you can print a flower pot that looks like a PS4 controller. And then you can give it to someone as a present. So in processors, like microprocessors, like CPUs that sit into your computer, we're now down to what's called a seven micro nanometer process. So they're actually literally printing seven nanometer wafers onto each other. That's how they build them up. Not with what we would call a home 3D printer, but they are just layering these tiny layers on top of each other and if you look at a circuit board it's much the same they print a layer and can actually design in where the electricity flows across that board and they print it out so it's not that you can't print these things you can't print them in one go you can't say right print me a playstation controller but what you could do is say print me the cover print me the little stick print me the buttons print me the circuit board now you might have to buy certain bits because you won't have the materials but you should be largely able to at least print the bits you need to fix your controller you're playing Fortnite, your friend calls you a noob you throw the controller at the wall it cracks the shell and the little toggly bit falls off and breaks you should be able to reprint the shell and the toggly bit it is very good for toggly bits especially lids and knobs obviously it's really good for manufacturing and that's been used now and we have lived through a generation or a few generations of mass producing things everything we got the way it got cheaper from the 50s was because they could do it in bulk the lovely thing about this is we start to go customized and personalized again So the small person can build great products again. We don't all have to have the same toast or the same spatula. They can start to look different. I quite like that. I think that that's interesting. So do I. But maybe there's more of a, um, let's say, a business for a company called, I don't know, Orinoco, where you send your STL files, even if they're complex, multiple STL files, and there's a company with some really huge printers or really high-capacity printers And you get your product back the next day. And then you get over the problem of you're having to have all these weird materials just sitting in your house on the off chance that you might want to make an egg cup with a steel lip on it. The different types of material is important. The fact that you can print in more than just plastic is fascinating. That you can print in metal. You can print in every sort of plastic. And you can print in graphene. The strongest, tightest. So you can make bicycles. (gasps) That's why you need a 3D printer. So you can print your bicycles. Yes. No. But yes. (laughs) But no. Okay, what's the difference between graphite and graphene? So carbon fibre and graphite is. Graphite's really. Graphite's soft. Yeah. Graphene is a single layer. Literally a single layer of graphite. So it's a thousand times thinner than a human hair. That's how thin it is. And it has an immense amount of strength, almost like a diamond. And you can obviously then print layers of this stuff together to create immense strength. It was touted about five years ago as the material of the future. But the technology is only now developing where we can actually manipulate this stuff in any sort of sense. But it's conductive, so you can use it to make anything you want, like super thin electronics or super stiff bikes so let's be honest carbon is everywhere so there's a material that you can say actually can be applied to almost everything there's one material to rule them all which is quite a nice thought and you can say wow if you could make graphene egg cups they would never ever break 
I was about to ask, what about the egg cuts? But is it quite poisonous? No, it was carbon. Okay, no. just checking. In case you your really yolk wanted... fell down the side yeah. and you scooped it up But if you again. really wanted your egg cup with human hair's width strand holding the top bit up, there you that go. That had tensile strengths to... How uh, cool would that be that your egg yeah. is just floating look, in look, the air? Almost looked like it was floating <laughs> in the air. Yeah, it would be amazing. But I think the real solution is going to be a company like Orinoco, where you send them in. That already exists. don't know. I just called it Orinoco because it's like the Amazon. Rather than you ordering a product that's already made, you say, make me this product and send it to me tomorrow, please. There are 3D printing companies that you can do that. But they're not... But Orinoco is a great scale. name. Explain where you got the name. Well, it's a South American river. Much like the Amazon. Uh, okay. Also, I had a pig called Orinoco. And he was a womble. Yeah, he was a womble. Another thing that I think is good for 3D printing is education. I mean, this is a bit like the holograms and everything else that we've talked about, but being able to print atoms and planets and things. And also to teach children strengths. Like, why is a triangle so strong? Why is everything basically built out of triangles? That doesn't really teach strength if we're saying one hair strand can hold up the egg. You can use different materials, can't you? So you can say, right, we're going to print this in fairly ordinary plastic and we're going to see how thin we can make the struts of this before the bridge breaks. Or how long yeah. can we make the bridge before its structural integrity fails, not because the triangles aren't strong enough, but because the pressure is coming across the entire bridge onto a single triangle. And that's a really good way of showing and teaching children and letting them print it and them test it. That I can totally understand. But yet again, that's not in our house. That's in a school which will have a 3D printing room, which they already have most secondary schools and i think that's a brilliant way of doing things so we should actually talk about the different types of 3d printer because there is the one that we've been talking about which is a nozzle that makes layers and, and yeah it's yeah. glass it looks like a sort of hamster's cage i always think yeah. a pet in it but then there's the other one where it's liquid and the laser beams into it and what the laser hits goes hard yeah and so it slowly comes out of the liquid and this thing is made so you don't hear that much i guess it's much more industrial but it's and quite new process. Yeah. and it's quite new as well that process so the, the original process was literally like printing so you just print a liquid over yeah. and over again in really thin layers now what they're saying is we can suspend this liquid and use lasers and it's much more accurate and much cleaner and then it's even stronger yeah really industrials you find that you've got both running so you're laying down layers that's how carbon fiber works you put layers at different angles to each other and at different angles is where the strength is of that carbon fiber you might want a piece of carbon fiber that is strong only in one direction and therefore you lay all the strips in that direction you may want it to have strength in two directions then you lay the strip in a different direction so you'll then have cross layers but you want to print that actually in the strips the first type of printer makes more sense yeah. what you'll find is you'll get multi-mode printers which print different parts of it in different ways because different parts of the product require different properties and then you can get bigger as well so you can start yeah. to print car shells you can start to print houses yeah smart houses that just build themselves and have the shell and then inside they know how to heat they know when they're getting broken so they can mend themselves if you're interested in that you should watch i think it's the first it might be the second episode of the second series of abstract where there's this amazing israeli girl who builds houses out of things like apple pectin wow yeah isn't that really grow. poisonous no it's the stuff on the side of apples isn't it the stuff in the seeds that's arsenic, building it out of arsenic. No, she's not building arsenic houses. She's building pectin houses. But you should watch it because the houses are beautiful. They're organically formed. 
they create a structure and then they grow stuff over it. It's unbelievable stuff. You should watch that anyway. Abstract, just in general. I've watched all of them with my kids. They are phenomenal. Another author that writes a lot about hackers and makers and the future of 3D printing is Cory Doctorow. There's one, Walk Away. And also another a brilliant book that this guy prints a whole theme park to rival Disney. He has a thing against Disney. No, it's called Down and Out in the Magic Kingdom. Both very good, both taking 3D printers to the extreme. It touches on as well, which is something that we should touch on, medical printing. So obviously yeah. it's amazing that you can start to print hearing aids and things that fit exactly to your ear or things that go under your feet if you've got problems with your legs. But to be able to start to print organs so that you print an organ that's ne- that your body's not going to reject because it's basically your organ. Although what I believe you do, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that you build the structure and then you grow the organ on it. So I thought you could print skin from cells. So what cells you do is being you, the you, raw material. You, yeah, you print out the substrate. So you print out, I'm going to say like a cotton material, which is imprinted with the cells. And then you feed them and they grow like a gel, oddly. Your body would reject it if those weren't your cells, or at least can be recognized as your cells. Otherwise, they have to put you on really horrible drugs that make your body not recognize that it's not yours, which I think when you get things like heart transplants and that sort of thing, you have to sit on these drugs for quite a while to stop your body rejecting a heart that's quite clearly not its. They print bits of bone. Hip placements. Right Exactly shape, the exactly right that. shape. Yeah, you see, yes. brilliant. And maybe one day I'll get my collarbone 3D printed, which would be really nice. And then in the future, maybe people will want to customise themselves. So they will get collarbones printed slightly differently from other people's collarbones. So mm. you might have bumps along it. Yeah, you I worry have... about that because I look at Post Malone and think these people shouldn't really be allowed to draw on themselves at that age because they might do stupid things. He's one of these pop starry people who's drawn on himself with a biro, as far as I can tell, but all over himself. But anyway, you could augment yourself. Yes, in you the future, so that you're not your mass produced, and... you are more yeah. customized and personalized. You never know. I mean, people might get bored with tattooing like they have a bit with piercing. It's the next yeah. thing, isn't it? Maybe and the we other just thing, do it in VR. Is what the I'm other saying. thing is also we could do it in VR and then it's not so real, but then we just yeah. get fat and podgy sitting in our seats looking at yeah. the world. Yeah, glasses. In our liquid. It's all very well us talking about 3D printing, but someone has to design what is 3D printed. So there's so many STL files, stereolithography files, or standard tessellation language files out there that you can use. And you have to talk about the obligatory gun because for some reason, the moment 3D printers were talked about, it was, we can't have them because we'll start printing guns. I think one person did actually print a gun and he did try and say, oh, I was just messing around, but he went to prison for it. You need CAD software, computer-aided design that helps you create 3D structures and objects. I think Adobe have one Dimensions, there's a SketchUp, there's FreeCAD, and they're quite difficult to get to know how to use. And that's that's what I was about to say, hopefully will be the side effect of people doing this, is they will become less complicated to use because they take some getting used to it's that 3d view on a 2d screen if you had a monitor where you could project a hologram there would be a damn sight easier to use because you'd be working in the 3d rather than in 2d and trying to understand what that 
3D representation is. I went on a 3D printing course and I learned how to do the 3D designing skills. And it's very counterintuitive. It's a bit like, you know, when you try and do something in a mirror and your hand yeah. goes to the wrong place because it's a reflection. So it's, your brain gets completely confused or trying to pat your head and stroke your tummy at the same time. It's a bit like that. It somehow feels a bit back to front and it is quite confusing, but quite fun. But what I like and what I hope will get more so with your 3D printer, you get a laser scanner. So you can be really lazy. And as long as you've got the thing, you just scan it. So then your model guy can just scan humans doing all the... And I think that's what he does. He because he has to scan them first. And then he puts them into a 3D modeling tool that he can then adapt. There are thousands and thousands of libraries of existing items. Once you've created that, headlight for the 1942 only then you probably put it into a library and other people use it at the moment 3d printing is a very friendly place yeah exactly obviously once everyone starts getting them it will become a lot more commercialized and some people will start charging for their things because as you say the software is quite awkward and if you can just find one why would you spend hours building it maybe you can then have a career as being an sdl file creator and you create really weird objects that you sell it's a whole new business that aren't there yet. Etsy will be flooded with weird plastic objects. That is one side that we haven't touched on is how green is it? If I'm saying, right, the future is printing plastic. Is it really bad for the environment? What's its carbon footprint like? Pretty bad. Well, if it's plastic, yes. Anything that's oil-based, we should be avoiding at some point. But then they talk soon. about resins. You need to start using natural resins, but then they wouldn't be so strong. But then you can print another one. This is the point, which is why... If you can print them from naturally occurring resins or let's say you could grow a fungus of some sort or bacteria of some sort that's pretty much inexhaustible. Yeah, it's going to break after a year, but that's fine. You just print another one. And then it can just biodegrade. Exactly. Um, that is a very clever insight into the whole 3D printing. It doesn't need to last forever. That's the point. So let's use natural raw materials that we haven't been using for the fact that we want them to last longer, which yeah. I always feel a bit confused about considering we live in such a disposable society now anyway. Can you print plastic bags? I bet you could print plastic bags. You but not plastic. Could, but not plastic or plastic boxes. How many storage boxes do you often go, oh, I could just do the storage box about yay big with a little lid on it. See, you <laughs> found something. It could be all made from natural raw yeah. materials. and you could have so it. That so when you didn't need it anymore... Some might last for five years, some might last for five weeks. And you'll choose which substrate you're going to use for the different uses of it. I think what we need to stop doing is making Although things it, that will it, last forever. Imagine people's lofts in hundreds of years to come. They've created all their things and they've created boxes to put their things in. And then they've gone up 10 years later and it's all disintegrated into a pile of dust. Yes, and that would be good because then you stop keeping things in your loft that you don't need anymore just get rid of them or recycle them one. if they've sat in your loft for 10 years and disintegrated because you didn't care about them maybe you should have recycled all those materials yeah i'm sitting here with boxes full of wires that i will never use now if there was a way i could take them to a electrical part recycling place that i trusted would actually recycle them to the metal and the plastic then i would be quite interested in doing it but because I know that they just get thrown in a ship and shipped somewhere else. But it's not really my idea of green. If things are all starting to be made from the same materials, yeah. then if you haven't got that resin that you need to make it, you could just go and melt down something else 
and recycle it, stick it in the top of the funnel and out comes the new thing that you want. Yeah, we're making it sound really simple. Imagine your children, you go out for the evening and your children have wanted to build something and you see that they've just recycled your sofa and turned it into a dinosaur. (laughs) Exactly, yeah, all the wiring (laughs) from the back of your computer because they needed to build a PlayStation. (laughs) But that offers some really interesting ideas where when resources get really rare, how do you manage that? And maybe the fact you can self-recycle everything because it's all made from maybe 20 different substrates and that's all you get. And they're all organic apart from metals. So I don't know how you can't find exciting. Anyway, I've got another final thing that I think is really going to pique your enthusiasm, especially after what you said last week on the children are learning about money. You can print piggy banks. (laughs) Do they? I mean, and while I'm going to curb my enthusiasm for the piggy banks... (laughs) I don't think my children really even know what a piggy bank is. Yeah, because they've never really had cash beyond like a 50p, which they are literally going to spend in five seconds time because they've all had cards since they were quite young. I can see almost at the same time we get into printing a cashless society because I see very little value in cash in many ways. Okay, so the piggy bank is going to be obsolete. Yeah. We could print our own bank cards. Yes, we could. There would obviously have to be some form of technology that allowed us to imprint in our bank details rather than some other dude's bank details. Well, that's where you use the holography. Yes, and a vast amount of encryption. Oh, it starts to get very high tech and AI. It's when you combine the two, the 3D printing with the smart technology. Yeah, so at the moment you run out of hard drive space on your computer i mean no one does anymore but imagine you could and in fact all you have is an organic drive which just grows it gets to 80 percent of its capacity and it just grows it just says yeah i need more i need to be more space than i am now so i will just grow some extra capacity then you can get into quite interesting things and that's why i quite like the idea of organics that's slightly blowing my mind so space can grow into more space yeah you to fill up the space <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that's too much for me we're going to go back to one of my favorite authors but there's a great scene in it where a spaceship starts converting all its living quarters into engine because it needs to go somewhere really quickly and it's just that idea that you could repurpose any part of you to do some other thing i just thought was really interesting that's like Barber Papas. Probably like Barber Papas. Do you remember Barber Papas? Are they the horrible elephant? No, that's Barber. Right. These were blobs, and blobs. the blobs could turn into whatever they needed to be at that moment. It might be a yeah. rowing boat, it might be a cricket bat. They sound air, fantastic. Air, air, air. That's yeah, what that's I like. repurposing. Yes. There a we go. World of Barber Papas. That's what I want. <laughs> Not the horrible elephant. So we're back into the reuse recycle that's the part that i think it becomes really interesting with printing or whatever technology it is i just don't think we're there yet the reason why i'm not interested at the moment is because i think its application is very limited it will increase and as you say it's the technology of the future well yes it may well be but not in the terms of having a little hamster cage that prints out some gray plastic stuff perhaps not but you can buy 3D pens at the moment, which I'm not convinced they're very good because they're only £20, but it's what my children want for Christmas. Well, they sound fantastic. Yeah. Christmas <laughs> present for 20 quid. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> so you can start drawing on the wall and you could actually make a thing that came out of the wall, like a little nesty thing to put your thing on or something in. Or So, yeah, they sound yeah, you interesting. you could draw an egg cup. You could draw an egg cup. I think you're going to need some damn patience. We've got to go. Yes, we do. 
Yeah. <laughs> Time's up. People have given yeah. us lots of patience while looking, yeah. listening. Yeah. And People have learned uh, way too much about the possible future of 3D printing. I don't know if something can ever be too much. I think there are certain subjects where you can just know too much about them. Maybe shoes. I think you can know too much about shoes. That's interesting. I know someone that knows so much about shoes and it gets really, really interesting. The different types of materials and what it does and how you can use them and how that affects even your speed these days. I've got a friend who does concrete and knows more about concrete than you'd ever want to know. But that's what I'm saying. (laughs) For him, it's important. For me, it's interesting to a point. And then after a point, it's just, do you know what? I'm never going to need to know this about concrete. Okay. On that note, let's go. I look forward to speaking to you next week. And you. Goodbye. Bye.